Peace be unto everyone, and welcome once again to another edition of the Mississippi On The Move podcast. I am your brother, Abdul Shaheed Muhammad. And I'm your brother, Kenneth Muhammad. And we are certainly happy and glad to be uh, 
in I was I was gonna say radio land, but we're actually in podcast land, right, brother? Yes, sir, podcast <laughs> land. We are so happy to join you all once again. And those who are coming on, our dear sister Audrey, faithful listener, is on. Sister Patsy and my sister Shahida. I shouldn't say sister, that's my queen, brother. She's gonna right. get me for that one. I gotta <laughs> get it right. And others, as you come on, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Mississippi on the Move podcast. Uh, we got a lot going on, man. We are going to be in that great newspaper, the greatest newspaper in my estimation, the freest black publication, I would say, yay in the world. And that is the Final Call newspaper, because a lot of headlines have hit, Brother Kim, wouldn't you say? Yes, sir, brothers. A lot going on uh, nationally and a lot going on locally. Uh, right now down in Greenwood, Mississippi, uh, the family is down there trying to prosecute uh, the case for an arrest uh, in the 1955 Emmett Till murder case. You know, a lot of the people have been uh, named and all everything, but we got to get to the root cause of it, you know, and that was the woman who came up with that bogus complaint. That's right. That set the wheels in motion. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this week's final call, there yes, was an uh, article dealing with that as some people went down into the courthouse, just, you know, randomly looking and curious about the Emmett Till case. And they came up and found that there were actually an arrest warrant mm-hmm. issued for her. Mm-hmm. So if there's an arrest warrant, you know who her husband was, so you know where she lived. Why didn't you serve the warrant? Yes, and she wasn't the only one mentioned in the warrant. And as a matter of fact, we are expecting a live report. Uh, uh, God willing, uh, they'll be able to make this phone call. Our brother of the Black Liberation Movement, the uh, the chief executive officer of that movement, brother Patrick Lumumba Alexander, uh, he is there. Uh, my brother Kareem Muhammad is there. Brother Basso. Mohammed, the student minister of Greenville, Mississippi, is there, and our brother, uh, uh, attorney Malik Zulu Shabazz, is also there. And uh, they had a they played a live clip, brother, of what was going on, and they were actually reading the affidavit. And for those that may not know, an affidavit is what is issued to get a, an arrest warrant. And before you can craft an affidavit or an arrest, you must have what is us, uh, the termed in uh, law enforcement and legal uh, language is probable cause, not a reasonable suspicion. You must have probable cause, enough evidence that would draw one to conclude that a crime has in fact been committed. So uh, to my understanding, Brother Kenneth, they found it in the basement, man. Basement of the courthouse. Basement of the courthouse. And the sister, uh, one of the members, family members of Emmett Till was there, younger sister. Um, she was very emotional about it. And uh, she said it took them over an hour to find it. So the question becomes, who knew? When did they know that this somebody knew? Of course, somebody pinned it, you know. So that means local authorities were well aware that the warrant existed. Okay, so we're going to get to that, man. But in this final call, of course, one of the big stories that's in the final call newspaper today. And Brother Kenneth, if you don't mind, I want to get this. uh, This is going to be an entire program on the final call for the most part. So we're going to get you in on this. Sound like playing my 
toys, man. Don't, don't be mad with me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting on you to open up with the axioms, lay the foundation, yeah. lay the foundation. Yes, sir. So we need to back up to the to the axioms. Uh, and brother Kenneth, he he keeps me in in in, in the lane here, you know, because I'm I'm juggling a lot of things, and I thank a lot for this brother. So brother Kenneth, let's get to these axioms real quick, man. Last week we dealt with number one and number three. The two were connected. The two were analogous. So this week we're going to deal with number two, uh, which the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan gives the definition of a slave. And our axioms is what we use, family, to keep these things in mind as we discuss these issues. So uh, we can have a good discussion uh, that's fact and information based and that's level headed. But the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan gave this definition for a slave. He said a slave is one whose power and authority is ruled over by another and whose sphere of freedom is limited according to the wishes of his master. Brother Kenneth, what does that mean, man? Well, when you're talking about a person being a slave, and automatically the imagery of uh, ball, chain, shackles on the plantation, but when you look at just the definition of the word, individuals whose, you know, activity, his mobility, you know, is controlled by someone else. That includes a lot of people. You know, we would like to, we would probably prescribe to say that's probably 85% of the world today. Exactly. Are right. enslaved in, in one form or another. Mm-hmm. That's and, right. And, and when you just be able to just sit and think about that, you know, and ask yourself, am I a slave? And if I am, then what am I a slave to? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I I would add, brother, if our power and authority is ruled over by anything or anyone other than God himself and the laws that govern his creation and govern proper human conduct, then contextually speaking, we are actually a slave. And the power and authority of our communities has been ruled over by someone else. The political power, the economic power, the social power. They socially engineer our communities in such a way, uh, no matter where we live, even when we are holding the seats of power, they take away the tax base. They make conditions or engineer conditions in such a way that even though we are at the helm, we don't benefit from being in leadership. And a lot lot of that has to do with the fact that as the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said that we are in a state of political death. And that's one of the deaths uh, that he is missioned to raise us from. We must become politically conscious and politically mature and sophisticated enough to to act in our own best interest where politics are concerned. We got to get away from this black face because it's a brother or sister. We should automatically vote for him. We need to have an informed political agenda and an agenda that serves ourselves as well as others. So, uh, but self first, as the most honorable Elijah Muhammad has said to us. But that's our axiom uh, for this evening. Once again, a slave is one whose power and authority is ruled over by another and whose sphere of freedom is limited according to the wishes of his master. So brothers and sisters, when we're dealing with these national issues that by God's grace, we're going to address or discuss from the final call, beginning with with what's happening in Akron, Ohio. The local authorities, they have the power and authority, okay, 
to come to a determination as to what actually happened, Brother Kenneth. So uh, let's 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 take off with that one, man. This 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 shooting that happened, and it's in the final call, family. So make sure y'all go check it out. Yes, sir, Brother Shahid. The final call article is entitled "Police Barbarism in the U.S." Again. Mm. Anger, disgust, outrage as cops pump 60 shots into a black man in the state of Ohio. Now, that's 60 shots that hit him. Yeah. They say over 90 shots, according to their reports. Yeah. Oh, we're just reporting what they're admitting to. Yes. And, and the mayor of the town said he wants to be as transparent as possible because he don't want to get caught up mm-hmm. because he know after reviewing it and having different lawyers review it, they strategically release the body cams mm-hmm. from the farthest distance. Yes, sir. So you wouldn't really get the full effect exactly. of what that brother did. Cause just hearing it, 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 I mean, it does something to you. When I read the, um, Articles coming out of the Akron uh, paper, uh, it affected me. Yeah, and it's not the first time we 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 hear these things or see these things, but I just immediately w- went to man, what was going on in that brother's mind when that was happening to him? He's out there all alone. Yeah, your son. Yeah, your brother and your nephew. Now here's a brother hit me that, again, man. That was working. <laughs> as a DoorDash, and this is what, you know, many uh, college students or young people do to earn money, honest living. He's out there delivering meals. Now, according to what they're saying, now, now I'm not putting nothing on it. I'm just going by what they said. There was some kind of, uh, I want to say, moving violation or equipment violation, something minor. Yes, sir. And all of a sudden, there's a chase. Yeah. He gets out the car running away from you. Mm-hmm. And the next thing, he's, he's shot down. But the dastardly way he was done, it brings to mind that old movie of Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-hmm. When, you know, the G-Man was ambushed and just kept pumping uh, lead as it to send message to the rest of the uh, bank robbers during that day. And I would like to say this was a message sent to that black community. Mm. Now, I want to just say this, you know, straight lace, no chase. Say it, brother. Now, how is it that when black people come in contact with certain police officers for minor things, traffic violation, the light's not on, they stop, then you all of a sudden, it's like if you're reading from a cue card, don't, I don't know, he's got a weapon. Stop mm-hmm. resisting. It's the same modus operandi, man. And then when you get to court, you say, I fear for my life. Mm. Now, you're the only one that got a gun, but you fear for your life. Yeah. You know, nine times out of ten, when you come in contact with us, you're not shot. We end up shot, but yet you're the one in fear of your life. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. Now, I want to just lay down a few names. Dylan Roof. Huh? Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. Peyton, I want to say Grindin. Mm, the recent one. Grin, Grindin, excuse me. Now, this is Dylan Roof. You know, he went into South Carolina church down in, I want to say it was a Charleston, South Carolina, and just massacred some parishioners who were worshiping there. Left. They've tracked him down, found him. No, he's armed. 
He's armed to the teeth. And has killed. Eight people that you know of, yet he's brought in unharmed, Without unscathed. I mean, treated, you know, humanely, stopped according to what, you know, reports say. You got him some Burger King, you know. I guess he had it his way that day. Damn. Kyle Sorry Rittenhouse <laughs> up in Kenosha. Now, he went to Kenosha. He's not from Kenosha. He traveled there. Now, here's a teenager with an AR-15 that just shot several people. Walking up to the police with a with an AR-15 with hanging. And they just drive by him. No problem. The Buffalo mass shooter going into the supermarket just to get some milk, maybe some chips, something to snack on. And he's stalking black people. He goes down the aisle now because, of course, there were white people in the grocery store. One per white person he turned away from. Yes, the video mm-hmm. makes it plain when he saw them. And he, he said, says, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. And kept it moving. Did this. This came over the radio. You know what was going on. He comes out mm-hmm. and you take him in. No I incident. Yet I can be driving, dropping off some Chick-fil-A and end up getting shot 60 times. And shot at 90 plus. It's a problem here. Brother, it's, it's a problem. It's an old problem. Now, here's some of the issues I have with um, this thing in Akron, brother. When you said earlier, this it's the tra- strategic release. Strategic meaning they know the shock value that, you know, the unadulterated release. And what I mean by that is the angle they released, brother Kenneth, interesting to me was the officer who was appeared to be the furthest from him. In other words, there were officers running in front of him. Why weren't those camera angles shown? Because one of the things they allege is that the brother was wearing a ski mask. <laughs> to to no, I'm just I'm just thinking now yes, to sir. to allay any suspicion or any doubt as to whether he was wearing a ski mask. Wouldn't it have been in their best interest to allay whether or not he actually was wearing it to show a camera angle from an officer who was closest to him? Exactly. You know, and and there are a lot of other questions because, see, I don't see this through the lens of most people. (laughs) I know Mm -hmm. what I'm looking at without a doubt. Know what I'm looking at. And you're not going to convince me, brother, that given the set of circumstances and the facts that are out right now, you allege they say he shot his attorney saying he didn't fire no shot. And you use a still shot in the press conference to say that that's the muzzle flash. Okay. What is that? Who can verify that that's the muzzle flash? What about the gunpowder residue test that could have been done on his hands? When you fire a weapon, you're going to get blowback. You're going to have gunpowder. That's standard operating procedure, man. That's that's nothing that they have to really think about. That's just one, a couple of many questions in my mind. And this is the thing as they try to paint a picture and then give a scenario because they play on the consciousness of the unsuspecting mind. As when they released the photo of what they said was a gun in the front seat that had the clip out. Uh-huh. But they failed to mention that Ohio had just recently passed a law 
it was legal. Yes. For you to have a gun. And yeah. if you out delivering DoorDash mm-hmm. in Akron and in certain neighborhoods, you may want to have a gun for your security. So he was doing nothing illegal if, in fact, he did have a gun. Yes, sir. And another problem I got, brother, interesting to me, that in the picture of the weapon sitting on the seat, you can't tell. I really couldn't tell. I really didn't, didn't you know, couldn't tell whether it was on the front seat rear seat, front passenger, front driver seat. But it's interesting to me, brother, that in that shot was a spent shell casing. Now, the picture that they showed, brother, it appeared, they said, that was the muzzle flash. Okay. Now, it appeared that, according to the muzzle flash, the weapon was held out of the window. How did that cartridge eject back into the car? Becomes my question. Good question. Yeah. What did the wind blow it back in there? What I don't I'm not sure, brother. It's just it, in other words, it it looked too neat to my eyes. The way it was situated. I mean, it's just so convenient that the spent shell casing is right in the seat with the weapon, as though it was placed there. You know, that's just an observation that I made. But suffice it to say, brother, ninety shots. It was eight officers. You do the math. Divide eight into 90. Eight times 10 is 80. Eight times 11 is 88. So that means on average, each officer fired 11 shots. And then there was at least two officers that fired 12. That's if we distribute it evenly. Right, right. You know. And what happens, and especially, and I want to just stay with Ohio because a few years ago, and I just remember that uh, one of the victims, uh, last name was Williams, outside of Cleveland, uh-huh. they were chasing a couple in a car, and uh-huh. the chase went on uh, for a while. And when they got there, they dumped over a hundred and something shots into the car, and, and one officer jumped on the hood yeah. and emptied his clip uh-huh. right there. And of course, they were found not guilty. And it seems to me that if you're running or if they're in a hot pursuit, their adrenaline is flowing in that particular state, you know, it's like, hey, if you make me come after you, then this is what you're going to get. Yeah. And that may be one of those unwritten rules because if you're chasing him, you're trying to stop him. If you think that uh, he has a gun and my life in danger, after hitting him, because after being hit that many times, he wasn't moving. He was down. Yeah. Yeah. You kept busting. You kept busting. They said he was on the ground and they kept shooting the man. And then to have the nerve to, you know, it's sort of like uh, you're staging an event. You know, you walk up to this man that you know is dead, that his body's mutilated, and then you're going to put the handcuffs on him. Yeah. Zip ties. For what? 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 what I mean, why? You're getting ready now to, to tell a story. Man. And you know, Brother Kenneth, you know, the reality is this. You cannot, for those that is going to broach the discussion of training and policy changes, I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, straight up, coming straight from me, I don't care what policy change you make and I don't care what training program you put in place. You cannot train an attitude. The indifference that's demonstrated towards black life, where some police officers in this country is concerned, is clear and apparent. I don't care what training program you put in place. You can believe that crap if you want to, that there need to be a policy and training. No, 
I'm not as your brother going to sit here and allow you to swallow that. I don't care how much training you put in place. If those attitudes don't change and they have not changed since our sojourn in this country. So as the most honorable Elijah Muhammad has said, the best and only solution is in fact separation. Deal with it. We're going to have to consider that family because here's the people that is totally un- disagreeable to live with. Yes. Totally. Yes. And, and I'm just, you know, trying to uh, put some kind of divine guidance on it. And you, you search the scriptures because it gets to a point where it seems as if you are not able to deal with your open enemy. So the scriptures say, shall the prey be Taken. taken come on man from the mighty sir or the lawful captive delivered hmm? we are a prey p-r-e-y uh-huh. and when you know what that word is it's something that is is stalked you know we are prey we're preyed upon day in and day out in the inner cities of america and we become so callous towards it in our community when yes. i read the, the article what touched me uh, more than just reading what happened to our brother. Mm-hmm. They, they were saying 30 people were outside. Yeah. 30 people? 30 wow. people was concerned. Yeah. You know, and I, and it, it, and the mayor, you know how we, we're able to squash something. Uh-huh. You know, Pharaoh in his day had his magicians and his enchanters, and they would go out among the dissatisfied and keep it cool. And and now these politicians have certain leaders in our community yeah. who are used as coolers. Yeah. They send them out and say, hey, uh, we want a peaceful protest. Well, you know, if I'm peaceful and the man that I'm dealing with is not, <laughs> uh, then we, we, we know we, we have we not we not have on a level playing field. Somebody ain't dealing adv- with reality. I'm not advocating anything, but what I'm saying for you to suggest to tell me how to show my grief, my pain, my hurt, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you are being very inconsiderate. Wow. You see, you know that's that's heavy, man. You can you can do what you <laughs> want to do to me, but hey, I can't cry too loud. Hey, don't cry loud. Damn. Huh? That's like beating a man with a whip and then telling them how to say ouch. That's that's and and, and the thing of it, brother. You know, I have to catch myself because when when you look at this for what it is and understand who and what we're dealing with, it helps me to understand why Paul said the house of knowledge is the house of mourning. Not mourning as in the early part of the day, but mourn as you would grieve uh, regarding a loss. I mean, when you come into a certain understanding that what we see happening, dear brothers and sisters, it hasn't stopped every month, every week, every other week, every other day. And there are those who will say, well, what about the killing that we doing to one another? Well, what you are seeing is the residual effect and the manifestation of a people who have been socially engineered to be self-destructive. And there are a lot of variables that goes into that. You know, what's that? What, what you blame in society now? You playing the victim. No, see, Those are dog whistles, if you will, that they give to those who want to come out that they they're sycophants. Yes, that's what I call them. They're surrogates, puppets and sycophants that they send out 
to to guide the truth in such a way or to guide the narrative of what is obvious. They did it with the Rodney King beat. Everybody saw this man get beat. And they're so skillful, brother, in manipulating our people. They made it look like he was essentially running into the baton. They wouldn't beat him. He was running into the nightstick. Exactly. Stop <laughs> Stop resisting. Stop resisting. Yeah. I, I was thinking about something. And this article in the final call uh, by the Honorable Mr. Louis Farrakhan, the speech that he actually gave in 1982, entitled Let My People Go. Yes, sir. And where he was dealing uh, with uh, several issues. And one of the things that uh, caught my eye, and I wanted to connect some dots back to what you said about uh, look at what we're doing to ourselves. Uh, In it, he talks about uh, the government, but uh, I want to get right to that. Yes, sir. And I want to bring to the witness stand Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Yes, sir. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> Y'all strap uh, in. Addressed a lot of these things. Now, a lot of people, when they talk about Dr. Martin Luther King, they talk about, I have a dream and the civil rights bill. You know, that's 1963, 1964. Right. But here was a man that was assassinated April 4th, 1968, mm. right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Where was he at then? Where was yeah. he was going? Because sometimes, and according to this article in the final call, and again, if you don't have a subscription, subscribe to the uh, final call newspaper. Right. If you're out riding and you see those beautifully uh, handsome brothers uh, neatly dressed with that newspaper, stop. And, and get you a copy, you Come know. On. And right. they're not out there selling the paper. Uh, we're independently uh, operated. Your donation it goes right back into uh, the printing That's and the right. cost of that paper. But if you don't have one red penny, I don't know one brother that won't give you that newspaper. That's right. And that is a vehicle and a mechanism of truth that we need today. Excellent, brother. Now, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. While speaking to the SCLC, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, on August 15, 1967, this was what they called that Red Summer, where you had riots going on in the inner cities, National Guard Uh coming out. The time there was a high unemployment, uh, poverty, uh, some of the conditions that we're looking at right now was the same then as they are now. Yes, sir. Now, Martin Luther King said this. And I'm going to read a couple paragraphs. So bear yes, with sir. Me. Go right ahead. Dr. King said, a million words will be written and spoken to dissect the ghetto outbreaks before a perceptive and vivid expression of culpability I would submit two sentences written a century ago by Victor Hugo. If the soul is left in darkness, sins will be committed. The guilty one is not he who commits the sin, but he who causes the darkness. Mm. Dr. King goes on to say, the policymakers of the white society have caused the darkness. They created discrimination. They created slums. They perpetuate unemployment, ignorance, and poverty. It is incontestable and deplorable that Negroes have committed crimes. But 
They are derivative crimes. They are born of the greater crimes of the society. When we ask Negroes to abide by the law, let us also declare that the white man does not abide by the law in the ghettos. Day in and day out, he violates welfare laws to deprive the poor of their meager allotment. Mm. He flagrantly violates building codes and regulations. His police make a mockery of law. He violates laws on equal employment and education and the provisions for civic services. The slums are the handiwork of a vicious system of the white society. Negroes live in them, but do not make them any more than a prisoner makes a prison. Dr. King says this, let us say it boldly that if the total slum violations of law by the white man over the years were calculated and were compared with the law breaking of a few days of riots, the hardened criminal would be the white man. Man, man reading that, brother Kenneth. That's Dr. Read, King. Reading that again today, brother, I just sat here and just sat in silence and just really drank that in. And let my mind, you know, reflect on the events of the now today. And every word, brother, is relevant in real time right now. Yes, sir. In real time, because I think about the apartment complexes, the Section 8, how they violate the codes, people getting put out. I was listening at a news uh, cast yesterday. Where somebody came by a sister's, I can't remember the complex. Her car gets shot up. Now she lives in the complex. Somebody comes and shoots her car up. Yes. And they put her out. They're evicting the woman, but she's a victim. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. She gets put out. Because somebody her. shot her car up. She files a police report. Police make the scene. She's clearly the victim. She don't know who shot her car up, but the apartment complex is evicting the woman. Wow. They violate the meager allotments of the poor. Yes. And, and it's happening. And then the police making a mockery of the law. We keep seeing these things, man. Yes, and let's, let's be real, brothers and sisters. You know, because this, this thing, this thing, man, if, if you're a black human being living in America... I don't know how you can countenance turning a blind eye, uh, becoming an apologist for this kind of behavior. All of us know full well if black officers did what you see being done to black people, if black officers do that to white victims, this country would be turned upside down. And you all know that. You're not going to tell me that you don't know that. I would not believe you. You can tell me, but I don't believe you know full well that if those roles were reversed and the predominance of these victims, like this brother in Akram, Calasto, uh, uh, Philando Castile, Mike Brown, Eric Gardner, uh, Trayvon Martin, if all of those victims were white and the perpetrators were all black officers or black people, we know there would be a completely different response to this. 
It's it's unimaginable, you would think, in 2022 is dealing with this. Now, what he was saying, this is in 1967. Now, Dr. King also said that he had identified five major causes. This is what he said. After establishing the general cause of outbursts, it is possible to identify five immediate causes. Number one was the white backlash. Uh-huh. Backlash to what? And he says unemployment, general discriminatory practices, war, and features peculiar to big cities, crime, family problems, and intensive migration. Man, see, that's it's like a playbook game. It's like it's happening right now. Oh, man, we getting that call, man, from our brother Lumumba. Peace and power. Get our brother in here. Peace and power. Hold on a second, brother Lumumba. I should be getting you. Hold on. Why am I not getting him on the... I don't hear him coming through the podcast. Hold on. Okay, here we go. Hi, Salaamu Alaikum. Brother Lumumba. Brother Lumumba, you there? Hold on a second. We're trying to get uh, Patrick Lumumba from the Black Liberation Movement, um, get him and connect him so he can give us a uh, up-to-the-minute uh, report on what's going down in Greenwood, Mississippi in regards to the Emmett Till case. Uh, give us uh, one second. You got him there yet, brother? Brother Patrick, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, brother Kent. Oh, yeah, there he is. How you doing, big bro? Power and peace to my brother, the mighty warrior. Oh, man. The peace mighty warrior. Man, you boots on the ground down in the Delta, man. Brothers and sisters, this is our brother and friend, uh, the uh, executive director of the Black Liberation Movement out of Coldwater, Mississippi, a brother who has been working night and day and day and night along with Sister Crystal and others trying to do something to liberate our people. We our hats are off to him in much respect, and he is like our twin. So, Brother Patrick, thank you first for calling in, brother. And if you would give us a report, we've prepped our listening audience, a report of what's happening down there in Greenwood, Mississippi. Thank you, brothers, and I appreciate you, brothers, likewise. But to give a, a report on what took place today in Greenwood, um, we went to exact justice today. We went down, of course, I'm sure that you have already explained to the audience that the warrant had been discovered for one Carolyn Brian Dunham. Yes. Uh, this is the alleged, uh, this is the lady who accused Mateo of uh, whistling, uh, fondling, or whatever it was that she accused him of back in 1955 that led to his murder. Uh, his assassination, his lynching, or whatever you want to call it, yes, uh, that took place, that egregious, polarized, and most famous murder. Yes, sir. That sparked the civil rights, whole civil rights uh, era. Yes, sir. Well, we went down the day after this warrant was discovered a couple of weeks ago. We went down the day to exact justice, and we are on the road to doing that. Yes, you know, sir. the power that be. You know, they don't want to uh, 
execute this warrant. They don't want to uh, go through the process. Uh, they already exemplified this type of behavior. Uh-huh. It's going to be up to us, the people, to uh-huh. basically uh, force the action and force the hands of those uh, that hold the power to uh, extradite uh, uh, Carolyn Bryant and back so that she, that, that she can serve due process uh, and go through due process a lot. Yes, sir. Brother Patrick, uh, you said they're exhibiting. What has been their rationale uh, for exhibiting this behavior? What are you hearing from them in terms of their hesitance or the, or the posture that uh, clearly that I knew they were going to take? What excuse are they making for not serving the warrant? Have you heard? Well, one thing that I know that the DA is expressing is an expiration of the warrant, which is something we've never really heard of. You know, and uh, an expiration of a warrant, we know there's no statute uh, uh, right. uh, limitation on murder, Correct. nor is there statute limitation on kidnapping. Exactly. So, no doubt. So they are talking about uh, expiration of uh, warrant effectiveness or some type of language they use. It. And I think it's just a deterrent and it's just the uh, state of Mississippi uh through the capitulation of black leadership, which is a black uh, district attorney that, that's uh, holding the position and, and pretty much holding the keys to justice uh, in this matter that's uh, exemplifying this type of uh, uh, behavior and, and using this type of language right now. But we hot on the trail, uh, brothers and sisters. Man. Yes, uh, when you said that there was, they're trying to... Um get out of it by saying that there was an expiration date or time on the warrant, then if that's the case, then warrants, from my understanding, can be reissued. If the And there's no statute, uh, statute of limitations on murder. So this obviously well, was no a murder. No and we, we know there was kidnapping first and there was murder. We know that. We saw the results that's of right. that. And so if, if this was the key Participant, and I say key because she set it in motion. She knew all she had to do was make that false claim, and then based on the historical fact of what was done to black people when a white woman charged them with anything, let alone physically abused, uh, touching her or making some kind of sexual move, then. Mm. What happened, she knew what was going to happen, so she's responsible. She's culpable. That's right. You know, what they, what's the term they use? Criminal responsibility? Yeah, criminal responsibility, so she, exactly. She, she has to, I mean, she got to pay what she weighs. Yeah. Now, when you have a warrant, you issue it, you serve it, there's an arrest. Mm-hmm. You know, you mean you can't go. I mean, that's just the entry level. Mm-hmm. We didn't, you know, we haven't got to trial or mm-hmm. conviction, but everyone knows the history shows, and based on what I read in the final call, she admitted yes. that she lied. She admitted that she told a lie that caused the brutal murder right. of a 15-year-old. 14. 14-year-old. Yes, Thank sir. you. So yes, that sir. has to be, I mean, you got to answer. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. That's right. The most honorable That's Elijah right. Muhammad says that justice wakes up with us. And justice lay down with us. And so now she had to be called to the bar of justice and then let a, a group of her peers decide her guilt or innocent. But at least you can reissue the warrant mm-hmm. and arrest her. Mm-hmm. 
I agree with that's not asking a lot. That's right. Brother Patrick, man, I agree with what you're saying, brother, is it's going to be up to us, brothers and sisters, to press this issue. And here's one of the main reasons I say this. They have a historical marker um, for the, the site where Emmett Till was murdered or slaughtered. And whites, young and old, have been going down there using a historical marker of the murder of a 14-year-old child for target practice. So much so that they had to remake the marker twice. And the third time they remade it, they had to make the thing bulletproof. And and some of the students were young college students. They took a picture and posed in front of the thing, man. So, brothers and sisters, right. see, I'm sorry, y'all, bear with your brother today because I'm not going to be quiet. How in the world, and I didn't want to use the word world, would you think that these people of their own free will are going to do right? If, you, if we are sitting around expecting them to do the right thing, and that includes those brothers and sisters that have been given, as you characterized it, brother, the keys They only give keys to those among our people who they know will use those keys or that seat of power or that lever of power in a way that will not offend them. And that's that's right. That's That's why this, that's why this district attorney who is our brother is him and hawing because he know he has certain boundaries that he must stay within. And that speaks into our axiom. A slave is one whose power and authority is ruled over by another and whose sphere of freedom is limited according to the wishes of his master. It doesn't matter if you are a black DA, a black judge, a black whatever, a black president. They still right. expect us to function within the sphere that they prescribe for us, man. And that's that's just it. So, right. uh so anything else you need to add, brother? I mean, the mic is yours, brother Pat. And then brother Kenneth want to ask him yeah, something. Let me ask you a question. You can speak to this, uh, brother Patrick, for our listening audience. What is the mood? What is the tone down there in Greenwood of, of the residents? Yeah, good question. Okay. And, 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 and that's a great uh, question, brother, because that's one of the things of, uh, about Mississippi on the move. Our, our agenda is to, is, is to inspire our people to liberate ourselves. Reform comes from the top down. Revolution comes from the bottom up. Yeah. So our agenda is to make the people of Greenwood understand. We would be surprised to understand how many people don't know what's going on right now. How many people don't know the ramifications of what's going on right now. And that's our job is to inspire, inspire our people to action. So with that being said, Brother Ken, I thank you for that. We have to look at this. One word, humanity. Yes, sir. Humanity. Humanity. We on trial today for our own humanity. And what we did today was taking a step toward our humanity. I uh, told the people today that history does not run in a linear line. It it runs in spirals. And so we have come all the way back to Emmett Till. When I talked to some of the family members, they said that it was image spirit that led them to the one. Wow. Wow. Okay. So they said it was image spirit that led them to the one. So we're talking about a brother whose life was taken, brutally taken from him in 1955. My God. Sparking a civil rights 
movement. I mean, seriously, the most polarized listen in Mississippi history is the Emmett Till, most famous. I'm not saying it's the only one. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's plenty of them that we don't even know about and those that we do know about. But this was the one because of Mamie Till's commitment. Wow. And when she wanted to show the world, she said, open that casket up. Let mm. the world see. Let the world see what they did to my son. And it became the most polarized murder. Powerful. And it sparked the civil rights uh, era. So now, mm. brother, we come all the way back around. We come all the way back around. And now, what are we going to do? We talking about our humanity. We talking about the difference between the Caucasians in the system. Their humanity being respected to the point where they didn't pick Carolyn Bryant up. It was reason behind it. They were red. The, the, what was red uh, from the, uh, I think you said the affidavit, uh, brother, I think I had stepped out at that moment, but what was red was that uh, they didn't pick her up. Uh, she wasn't there. I had heard uh, corroborated uh, statements that say that, that they didn't pick her up because she had two children. Yes. But think about that. Think Man. about that. Man. But you're talking about a black boy, 14 years old. And I know that I have heard accounts from different people who have told immaterial history to me. Mayor Johnny Thomas being one, who is the curator of a immaterial museum right down there in Glendora, Mississippi. He told me, he said that Uncle Moe petitioned the white mob that came to the door that dreadful day. And said, send that boy out. Are we coming in to get him? Uncle Mo said, we were going to put him on the train in the morning. If y'all would just spare him, we put him on the train back to Chicago in the morning. Lord, have mercy. They wouldn't have it left. We're talking about humanity. And that's what we at right now, brothers and sisters. Man. We at a point where we have to stand up our own humanity. Because we have black people that's in these places. In spaces today, we got to remove that crew from the places that they are guarding the gate for white supremacy, rule, and domination of our people. And they, for that, is over. Yes, sir. Brother Patrick, man, I want you to know, which I'm sure you already do, but I want those who are listening to send the word out that this podcast, the reason we established it, brother, is because we understand, and as you understand, our brothers and sisters in Mississippi need a platform whereby they can get their message out. So we started this with BLM in mind, with Yaga in mind, with the Panther Party in mind, with every black organization, civic, and those strong clergymen. I use the adjective strong clergymen that are willing to stand and make a stand in this fight. Whether No matter where you're coming from, if you are struggling, we open the doors of this platform for our people to come on and give a report of what's going on. And, and the, you are the you are the genesis of it, Brother Patrick. What you are doing tonight, brother, is powerful because you are a powerful brother. And we appreciate you for giving us a report and for coming on to this platform because your voice and other voices down in the Delta are voices that must be heard. You know, and no this doubt, and this is the medium and this is the technology, brother, that we are striving hard to use to ensure that our brothers and sisters are not drowned out. Uh, and in Mississippi on the move and to our audience, you all know we told you at the beginning 
Brother Patrick is one of the men that is the brains behind the start of Mississippi on the move. We made sure our audience knew, dear Brother Patrick, at our first, uh, our inaugural broadcast, that you were one of the men, myself, you and Brother Kenneth, that started Mississippi on the move. And you are the brother that began to facilitate the town talks that have been going on. So, so man, just know and spread the word to the different organizations and brothers and sisters down there in the Delta that when they need to get their message out and want to get their message out, this place is a home for them. This is a tree that has a branch where they can find shelter and refuge in, my brother. No doubt, my brother. And I appreciate you and I appreciate my brother Kenneth so very much. And I'll say this in part. Yes, sir. To the people that are listening, the listening audience, when you hear these two brothers, when you hear these two brothers, when you see these two brothers, look at them. These brothers are inspired. These brothers have walked side by side with the brothers. And I know that their spirits are prepared, their spirits are right to do what needs to be done for our people. We're at a point right now, we're at a junction, and a paradigm shifting junction. And it's going to take manhood and black womanhood to make sure that we get this shift, this paradigm shift that's needed, that's so needed. So I appreciate you, brothers, for sticking with us. Yes, I appreciate sir. you, brothers, for doing whatever it is that you're doing in whatever way that you're doing it because I know you've got it. I know you've got it. And you're some precious brothers, and I want everybody to look at these two brothers because these are some powerfully inspirational brothers, and y'all have been an inspiration to me. Oh, so I thank y'all for having us on. Let's stay connected. Let's keep pushing. Yes, sir. And also, Brother Patrick, no, man, whenever you want to come to these microphones, man, all you got to do is make a phone call. You and Sister Crystal. All right? No doubt. No okay. doubt. Okay, no doubt, good, brother. brother. All right, okay. brother. I'm going to get on in, man. I need a little rest. Yes, sir. <laughs> the soldier <laughs> no needs doubt. some rest, no man. Doubt. Peace and power, all Brother right, Patrick. All right. Peace and power, all man. All right. All right. Power, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Man, that was our brother, Patrick Lamumba, Alexander, the lion of the, I call him the Black Panther of the Delta. He is relentless in his pursuit of justice. And uh, we back that brother 1000%. And um, we understand, dear brothers and sisters, wherever we're struggling, understand that we are comrades at arms, okay? We don't have the luxury, brothers and sisters, in this day and time and looking at idiosyncrasies and minor things and using them as an excuse to stay disunited. Anybody that's thinking and talking in that way don't understand. So we must move on. So once again, Brother Patrick, man, thank you. And thanks to the listening audience. Brother Kenneth, man, that was that was an excellent report. Oh, yes, sir. And, and Brother Patrick, you know, he's a frontline soldier. You know, a general, of course, but he's the type that leads from the front. And, yeah. And it's time now to eliminate excuses. Yes, sir. And one of the things, as he was explaining that, and I just kept hearing things that we say, mm-hmm. because, you know, we prove how beautiful people we are. Yes, sir. Our nature, mm-hmm. because there's nothing beautiful, according to the most humble life Muhammad, in rebellion. That's right. But the thing about <laughs> it is this. We'll say, well, you know, she's 80 years old now and and she's, you know, it's not much to do. But I want to point something uh, because we uh, as partners and I'm just going to 
saying then we can we can deal with it at another time. Yes, sir. But the Jewish community who we are uh, in a relationship with, uh-huh. uh, let's just go back to the Holocaust. And when mm. they identified the Germans who had fled, some of them had even made it over to America. Yeah. In Cleveland, Ohio, different uh-huh. places. 85, 90, I think one was 94 years old. But when yes, they sir. found them, when they located them, mm. they came, they got them, they prosecuted them, and then they executed them. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. And, and the point I'm making is they didn't care about how old they were. No, sir. You engaged in a, in a, a dastardly deed. Yes. You know, the murder of millions mm-hmm. of Jews. Yes. You don't get away with that. And don't nobody and, hold that against them. No, it's, it's their motto is never again. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's take up that mantra, never again. So you did this. You did this on your own. Yes, sir. You, for whatever motivation, maybe you wanted to see how much your husband Roy loved you or whatever, but you did this. So serve the warrant. Serve the warrant. I mean, that's minimal. I don't even hear nobody crying, you know, for justice. Of course, we want that. But Uh right now we're saying serve the warrant. Go pick her up. Yeah, pick her up. Just let's do that. And you know, Brother Kenneth, man, my mind goes uh, what you just said about the Holocaust. My mind also goes to Bill Cosby, brother. They had no misgivings about locking up an 80-something-year-old blind man. At all. And he didn't commit murder in this, certainly not to minimize what they say happened with the women. You know, but they had no misgivings. You know, they was indifferent to the fact that this man, this man is in his 80s and he can't see. So that did not hinder the prosecutor. From uh-huh. issuing the warrant that did not hinder them from sending the fugitive squad out to pick him up and to put him where the law says he should go. So why should we or any of us have misgivings about the age of the offender? Nah, I'm not trying to hear it. A lot of those, a lot of times, Brother Shaheed, when we make those statements, it's just a cover to hide our cowardice. Come on, man. And now is not the time for uh, cowardice. Now is the time for uh, bold men, bold leaders. And that uh, segues into this last article I just want to broach in the final call. Go I don't ahead. know if it's time for, uh, we make a few announcements, uh, brother, in a commercial yeah, break. We got, we coming up two minutes till commercial break, and we break at 8 o'clock on the top. Yes, so sir. you can go ahead and introduce it, brother, then we'll commercial break, then we'll come back with you, sir. I want to come back with the uh, article, uh, let uh, my people go. And again, this week's final call by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, an article in which he gave, spoke this speech in 1982, but it's still relevant. And in it, he was talking about the need for good guidance. Yes, sir. You know, and he was saying that whenever we have a leader, He's always misrepresented or misunderstood. Yes, sir. And we can't trust the mainstream media. We can't trust the government of the United States to properly represent our leaders. He says they give us personality. That's right. They allow us to celebrate their birthdays, have parades, Mm -hmm. but we're so far removed from the man and the program. Mm -hmm. So we get personality, but we don't have the programmatic thrust of uh, an individual's idea whose time has come. 
Yes, sir. Man, that was very well put, brother. And, and, and I appreciate that. So, brothers and sisters, you are listening to the Mississippi on the Move podcast. Again, I'm your brother, Abdul Shaheed Muhammad, along with Kenneth Muhammad. We will be right back after these commercial messages. Mississippi on the Move. Worldwide, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Download the Final Call Radio app and take us everywhere. On your phone, on your computer, on your tablet, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also log on to FinalCall.com and click the Listen Live button. Or FinalCallRadio.com. Final Call, Final Call Radio. The official voice of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam. What's your source for truth in news reports? No justice! No peace! No justice! No peace! Where do you turn for non-corporate driven news that's fair and balanced? Subscribe to the Final Call News, your number one free and independent news source that delivers hard-hitting national and international news coverage of today's political, economic, and social issues. To subscribe to local home delivery, call us at area code 662-252-8999. That's 662-252-8999. Visit our website at www.finalcall.com. The Urban Indulgence Bath and Body Boutique. At Urban Indulgence, we pride ourselves on offering quality, effective skin care. Handcrafted with plant-based, skin-loving ingredients, our soaps and body butters will give you luxurious lather and ultimate moisture. Experience the Urban Indulgence at 3314 Poplar Avenue in Memphis, three blocks west of Poplar Plaza, or shop with us online at theurbanindulgence.com. Theurbanindulgence.com. Mississippi on the Move. Yes, we are back live here at the Mississippi on the Move podcast. Brothers and sisters, those who have tuned in, shouts out to you all. Thank you all so very much uh, for joining us this uh, evening. We just got a very, very powerful report from our brother, as I affectionately call him, the Black Panther of the Delta, Brother Patrick Lumumba Alexander of the Black Liberation Movement. So we're going to move on to the next segment of our program coming from our brother Kenneth Muhammad with more from the final call. That final call newspaper, the baddest, boldest, most enlightening newspaper on the planet. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> Call y'all 662-252-8999. That's uh, Holly Springs Study Group. Call that number, 662-252-8999. If you live in Holly Springs or the immediate area, leave your information and we will deliver it to you weekly. Now, I want to just uh, lift a few words that Honorable Mr. Lewis Firecom before we uh, close out. Because, again, I want to offer our people an alternative because sometimes, you know, we, we're right to point out the issue 
But if we point out the issue without offering a solution, then we, we, we're sort of like, you know, the mainstream media. We're just a little one-sided. So we want to offer something to you uh, and then just let you uh, look at it, you know, because the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said a lot of things very simply yet so profound. And one of the, the things he said that I love uh, uh, to use quite frequently is this, brothers and sisters, put a clean glass next to a dirty glass and then let the people choose. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says, my task as I see it is to properly represent the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the black people in America and throughout the world. Why must Elijah Muhammad be properly represented? It is because that man and that man alone holds the key to our victory over mental death and our victory over the hell that we've suffered in our 400 year sojourn in America. And since Elijah Muhammad is such an important man to our future and the future of the world, it is necessary, it is proper that he be properly understood. Wow. I would, I would agree 10,000% properly understood. He holds the key. And it's interesting, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, before he departed from among us, he delivered or asked the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to deliver a message on this man. Have I laid the key. Yeah. So that that's that's big, brother. The Honorable Louis Farrakhan, as he stated, as you read, brother, his responsibility is an immense responsibility. And those of us who, who are his students and his helpers, that responsibility extends to us to help our people understand him, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Well, the thing that we have to ask ourselves now is if he's not properly understood, then why? You... Now he goes on to say in the same article that it is not in the interest of the United States government and her agenda that any true leadership for black people be properly understood or seen in a proper light. Therefore, this government and her agencies have worked night and day to destroy the image of proper leadership for us and they have worked to give us leaders that they themselves control. There it is again. Isn't that what brothers down there uh, Greenwood was talking about, right? Exactly, brother. That's it. They, they, the DA in Greenwood has the keys, if you will, as Brother Patrick characterized it, to unlock the door of justice. But because he's under their control, he won't. Now, listen to this, family. He goes on, he says, but anyone that speaks a word that the establishment feels dangerous, the establishment wants you to misunderstand that kind of man. We misunderstood Marcus Garvey until long after he was gone. We misunderstood Noble Drew Ali. We misunderstood W.E.B. Du Bois. We misunderstood Booker T. Washington. We misunderstood Frederick Douglass, David Walker, Denmark Vesey. We misunderstood all our giants. And it is not until these giants have gone that the establishment feels you can get a proper understanding 
because you're too far removed from that person to properly act on the principles that the man or woman taught us. So what they do when they lift up that kind of leader, they give us a personality, but never a program. So you can always have birthday celebrations for the great leader or the great teacher, but never concentrate on programmatic steps that will lead us to the goal that the leader had in mind for us. Man, powerful words from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So glad you lifted these words. Brothers and sisters, I hope you all are paying attention. They don't mind us having days and they'll give you time off. They'll make a national holiday. They'll give you paid leave. But as long as you don't take on the program and the mission of the man, because see, you can't do that. Because see, brothers and sisters, there's a scripture that reads, see, the person is gone. We're so far removed from them and they're not here to make a demand on us. You know, the demand to take on the cross, if you will, or the mission and the program that they were espousing and trying to develop and establish. So the scripture says this, you know, we honor all of our dead. And I'm wondering, will we do the same by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan? Wait till he's gone. Now you want to honor him. But the scripture says that a living dog is better than a dead lion. You know, and that scripture to me is powerful in the sense that it makes you to understand that the lion is gone because dead people can inspire us, but they cannot lead us. And unless we pick up their program, only then can that person be reanimated in the person of those who follow his program. So as the Quran says, speak not of those who are slain in the way of Allah as dead. Nay, they are alive, but you perceive not. And they are alive, I will say, dear brothers and sisters, because those who were their companions, those who read about and study them, they take on the mind and the spirit but not only the mind and the spirit, they pick up the mantle of the program that those brothers and sisters had and make it real. That's how I see that, brother. And that's what we got to do. Great point. Great point. And I just want to add history is best qualified to reward our research. Let's look at the leaders that is promoted on a national level, given holidays, talked about in school. And and I want to say this to our listeners and to us, you know, to the black nation. Kareem Muhammad. That's my brother. Pay attention to some of these white conservative talk shows. I'm going to put a pen in uh, Brother Kareem's calling in. Let yeah, me know if you wanna, got him ready. I want he, He's ready now. Let's get Brother Kareem. Hi, salam alaikum. Salam Man, I called you earlier, brother. You you live on the air, brother Kareem, whether you know it or not. I hope you don't mind, do you? <laughs> no, brother. This is the Mississippi on the Move podcast. You are listening to the LOC, the organizer from Greenville, Mississippi, brother Kareem Muhammad. Brother Kareem, we just had Brother Patrick uh, Alexander on who gave us a report 
from what was going on in Greenwood, Mississippi. And I saw you in the camera frame and I called you first, but I couldn't get you. And I wanted someone to give us a thumbnail sketch. And brother, we got about three minutes for you. Uh, No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We got a good five minutes, brother, that we can give to you to give us a report from Greenwood, Mississippi, because I understand, brother, you were there with brother Malik Zulu, with brother Patrick Alexander and others. So, brother, go right ahead, brother Kareem. Yes, thank you, uh, Brother Shaheed. It's a definitely, I, did, I apologize I didn't get to uh, call it early on, but I wanted to first go to the first press conference that we had in Jackson, Mississippi. Yes, sir. And it was to uh, establish the fact that all that we are doing is on behalf and in solidarity with the Emmett Till family. And so we wanted to first get with the Emmett Till family and let them give us a voice and a guidance as to which direction that we were supposed to be going. And so with Priscilla Scott, who is the cousin of Emmett Till and the Emmett Till Foundation, uh, we did a press conference in Jackson at 2.30 today, and her sentiments were simply that they want the warrant of Carolyn Bryant to be issued, and they want the state representatives to do what they're supposed to do in order to make that happen. So uh, out of solidarity, we came together on behalf of the families to support them. And then we came on the, to Greenwood with Brother Malik Zulu Sabas, who represent a, a national organization and a national movement right. to show solidarity to this. And so what came out of that was something that our brother Kareem Kamal uh, did, which was around the petition that the uh, LaFleur County citizens are asking to sign a petition that will force the state uh, district attorney to do something. And if not, then we can do other moves to move him out of that or to break and ask for another district attorney to take that position. But that's one of the major strategies that we wanted to talk about because we don't want to just be there and just talk about something right there, but we want to have a strategy. We want to talk about the justice or else, the, what is the or else. And so we talked about that along with what we're trying to do with the LLC moving forward with our 2024 Freedom Summit project that we're working on. Yes, sir. Brother Kareem, man, thank you. Thank you for calling. So, Brother Kareem, as I understand it, as Brother Patrick reported, uh, the district attorney there is one of our brothers. And um, what's, what's uh, and according to Brother Patrick, and I'm sure Brother is accurate, you know, uh, but I just, you know, some of our listeners, brother, I want them to hear it again because I'm sure you're going to give me the same report that he is not uh, too amenable to carrying out or executing the warrant. Absolutely. And that's one of the major for Dwayne, which is, is the district attorney name. And he's also a district attorney for Western County as well. And so we find him not uh, uh, eager to get the one out on her, but when we look at his record, he's eager to send our brothers and sisters to prison on, for issues that normally they could get probation or have other alternatives. I'm in a, I'm in a court with, right now with him dealing with a young brother that he's trying to send away for a long period of time based on, and this brother has a mental uh, illness situation. And so that's what we're really talking about. Not only is he refusing to 
go along with and try to execute that war, but he definitely jumps up and try to make sure that our people are locked down. So we want to say to our people in Mississippi, we got to galvanize ourselves and get those individuals out of that. That's what the justice or else means. If we want to do something differently, we got to galvanize and make a change ourselves. Man, man, man. Brother Kareem, I want you to know, man, and I want to use the time wisely that we have you, and I want to get Brother Kenneth in if he has a question for you as well. Uh, the This podcast, as I expressed to uh, to Brother Patrick, we established it, and I think I shared this with you, Brother, uh, to use as a platform for the various organizations throughout the state of Mississippi in particular and the Delta in general whereby our people can come, those who struggle, to get their message out, to keep us abreast of what's going on. In other words, establish a communication network so our people will know. So, Because one of the things that Brother Patrick expressed, man, was he said, you'd be surprised at how many of our people in Mississippi just did, that just don't know what's going on. So it's on us, brother. We can't expect uh, other news organizations, other mediums and whatnot, we have to establish these lines of communications. We have to build our own communication network whereby people like yourself can come on and give a report on LOCs and how they're going. In other organizations, we mentioned Yaga, of course, the Black Liberation Movement, and others, each of our sister satellites, all the way down in Jackson with Brother Student Minister Abram, further down in Hattiesburg with Brother Kazim and coming on back up to Greenwood with Brother Basel and Greenville uh, with yourself and Brother Student Minister Larry and as well Tupelo uh, with Brother Conway. So uh, that's that's what we're trying to do, brother. And, and we certainly thank you for coming on. Anything you want to share before uh, we part, brother? Go ahead, Brother Kareem. Yes, again, I just want to thank you, brother, for your you have the right plan. Now, Ms. Farquhar told us that in 215, we got to control our own narrative. We got to tell our own story. So these are the platforms by which we have the opportunity to do that in. And we pray that using that platform will help galvanize our people to understand as the LLC. We're not an organization, but we are a conglomerate of organizations working collectively. We are the in- Nation of Islam. We're the N- WACP. We're the New Black Panther Party. We're in Cobra. We're in but We're one of the black men. We're the African American Episcopal Church. We're all those organizations, progressive, working collectively together. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said to us, our unity is more power than any nuclear bomb. So when we come together, we will be making a change. So we thank you for your opportunity and your venue to give us opportunity to make those reports and get that out to our people. Yes, sir. Brother Kareem, if you would, man, send word out down in the Delta, man. Um, You can use my email as a point of contact uh, for those brothers and sisters because we certainly want to get them in. Uh, We're broadcasting every Thursday, man, uh, uh, at 7 p.m. And, of course, uh, uh, a part of what we do is going to be dealing with uh, the prisons down in uh, in Mississippi, and uh, brother Kenneth yeah, well, is spearheading. He's the tip of the spear where that is concerned uh, up in the northern and, part. Go ahead, brother. And if I may just briefly, I, I definitely would like to come back on as I mentioned at the beginning to talk about Freedom Summit twenty four, what that looks like, and how we're galvanizing to start talking about having 
Freedom Schools and others that to duplicate the 1964 Freedom Summer. In 2024, it will be 60 years, and the LRC is spearheading that. So we would like to come back on to talk some more about that. So thank oh, you. No doubt, brother. Definitely. You certainly, and we'll just, I'll get with you, brother. You you know, we, we know how to communicate, and we'll establish that date and uh, make that happen, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you again. Thank you, thank dear you. brother. Yes, sir. Assalamu alaikum. Praise be to Allah. That was our brother, brother Kareem Muhammad, uh, the 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 LOC guru as I call him, uh, down there in Greenville, Mississippi. We thank Allah for him. And brother Kareem, if you're still listening, man, give uh, brother student minister Larry our love and greetings. I was intending to tell say that before we parted, brothers and sisters. We're about ten minutes out from the end of uh, tonight's broadcast. Uh, we certainly thank you. Uh, all of you for tuning in. We thank our brother Patrick for calling in and giving us a report. And we thank uh, our brother Kareem uh, for calling in and giving us a report. And most importantly, we thank you, the listening audience, to take time out of your day to uh, tune in to our broadcast. And uh, certainly, brothers and sisters, we were wanting to make this broadcast substantive. As Brother Kenneth mentioned, yes, we can point out the problems, but we want to bring to bear some solutions and some ideas that can help alleviate the suffering uh, that we see in our communities. So there you have it. There you have it. Any pardon shots, Brother Kenneth? I think you all covered it, uh, Brother. You know, every time I listen to our Brother Kareem, he's a supreme organizer. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that we, we, we've learned how to establish organizations, yeah. you know, whether they're nonprofit or LLC or whatever, but we still don't know how to really organize. And, and sometimes when you have someone that's a, a, a master technician, so to speak, then uh, he's the kind of brother that just wants us to come together have have unity because like he said our unity is more powerful than a nuclear bomb so sometimes we don't really understand how to have functional uh unity because sometimes in our minds we think unity means conformity and it's not so we um he has a, a a way with the LOC and he has been successful and he has the spirit to, to go to different places and, and teach. He also has a manual. Yes. And so when we get him back on, you yes. know, which is necessary, mm-hmm. you know, and he can go through all of that, you know, uh, I'm just waiting on him to come down to Holly Springs. Dave, you took and, it right out of my head. And, and, He's coming and, to Holly Springs, and, brother, and, and we're going to do a seminar. And drop that bomb because I think it's, it's the time mm-hmm. is right. And I go back because Brother Patrick said something that, you know, history is cyclical. Right. We were back at Emmett Till. Mm-hmm. And that was the event where people just say, hey, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. And that started. 1955, you had Rosa Parks. Right. And then in 1955, we in the Nation of Islam hold that know that year to be mm-hmm. very significant. Very because significant. Because that was the year in which the Honorable Minister exactly. Louis Farrakhan uh, began this journey That's and, right. and has taken us. And so uh, I don't think it's an accident. No, sir. I don't either. We're right back at this point of history. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes you take the first, you know, examination, so to speak. Mm, you fail it. And you don't fail. You fail it. <laughs> and you get a makeup test. Come on. That second examination. Yes, sir. You know, so if you can refer to the first one and see where you messed up. 
Come on, brother. And correct those mistakes. Exactly. And nine times out of ten, you'll pass. You'll pass. The second time. So let's pass the second time. Yes, sir. Let's man. get it right this time, man. Brother. Look, That's all I have. Come on, hey, look. Hey, look. <laughs> hey, we, we got we got to get that an applause. We certainly got to get that an applause, brother. That's very well put, and we have to acknowledge that. Brothers and sisters, look, we only have about seven minutes left in tonight's broadcast. You're listening to the Mississippi on the Move podcast. We have had a great time, great discussion, but we want to uh, leverage these discussions into action. And as Brother Kareem put it and as Brother Kenneth echoed it, the ability to establish organizations, and we do that all the time, but the ability to organize in such a way that we are effectively organized, whereby we can change some of the realities under which we struggle. So brothers and sisters, all of us have to take on part of it. And from my student minister, student minister Abdul Muthakir Muhammad of mosque number 55 in Memphis, Tennessee, he would say to us, many hands make light work. Yes, that's true. That's true. Brother mm-hmm. Shahid, mm-hmm. before we go, yes, sir. Uh, we have some upcoming events uh, that's going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you are, but let the listening audience uh, know about what's, what's going on in and around uh, Holly Springs and, and points in between. Oh, yes. Well, one that I know for sure we're going to be having celebrating the 160th birth anniversary of Ida B. Wells, Reverend Leona Harris of the Ida B. Wells Museum that's located at 220 Randolph Street. Going to be at the Multipurpose Center on Saturday the 16th. Uh, You may want to contact the Ida B. Wells Museum. Go online and there's information on how to participate, the tickets that are available. These are the legacies. These are the people of our history whose legacy and memory and narrative have to be kept alive and we are responsible. Otherwise, brothers and sisters, those who don't have her best interest at heart will take over the museum You know, they did it here in Memphis with the Lorraine Motel. They will monetize it and then they will be the primary beneficiaries of the monetization of the legacy of our great ones. So uh, more information will be given information each week, uh, each broadcast until uh, the event actually takes place. Is there anything else that I missed, brother? Something else going on I need to mention? No, but I think I better uh, bail you out because uh, last weekend uh, the... International fashion show that was held in Chicago. Please bail me out, man. Sister Carmen Muhammad on, Lisa Designs, Uh women working together. And it was fabulous. It's also highlighted in this week's final call. It just so happened there's a few sisters on there. They get me, man. Please thank you for bailing me out of that one, man. Who made the cover of the articles, uh, sisters, you know, representing high civilization and high uh, modest fashion. Yes. Uh, none other than uh, your wife, uh, Sister Shahida Muhammad. Uh-huh. Sister she was Teresa in there. Muhammad, sister Teresa. Sister Donna, Sister Carolyn. Uh-huh. Uh, 
uh, Sister Coretta Muhammad and all yes. those sisters from uh, Memphis and the surrounding areas that that, that went up uh-huh. and enjoyed themselves, had a wonderful time, yes. beautiful, and it was a, a great event. So get your final call this week and you Come can get some of the pictures. And I think they'll probably be running some for the next several weeks. Uh-huh. So we yes. want to thank Sister Carmen uh, for putting that on. And it's very difficult yeah. when you're putting on an event of that magnitude, yeah. especially uh, we as black people. We don't have the sponsorship right. that some of these other people have. Mm. And so uh, what what they tend to do is to make a lot of promises and then they, they back out of the promises right. and they leave us holding the bag. So uh-huh. we have to always support our, our own yes. and, under, and, and give our uh, people the opportunity to make good on, yeah. their, on, on what it is that they're trying to make good on because, right. man, we need those kind of things. Come I, on. I, I, I watched some of those um, things came over about some of these fashion shows and it's just ridiculous. So we, you know, we're better than that. Come on. And so I'm glad we had something like that, you know, and and black folks, we know we need to uh, step out and dress up and do many things. So there's going to be many events in the next several months yes. that we're going to have the opportunity to support. Yes, sir. So let's those we give our uh, hard-earned money and our time and support to so many other people. Mm-hmm. Let's start learning how to give that support to one another. That's right. And with that said, Brother Kenneth, you brought this to my mind. Those in our listening audience, let me get some shout outs. Sister Patsy is on. Sister Tammy is on. Sister Audrey is on. Brother Najee is on. Brother William is down there in West Point listening. And my wife is on. Sister Shahida, Brother Najee down in Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, Brother or Sister Pickens is on. We're asking you all, spread the word. Tell a friend and tell another friend. Every Thursday, 7 o'clock p.m., tune in to the Mississippi on the Move podcast. So those who are listening, tell everybody how to log in onto Podbean, how to download and log in. And those that are listening, right quick, we got a couple of minutes left. Type in a one if you agree with what I'm saying. I'm watching the screen. Just type one and hit enter. Type one and hit send. Type one and hit send if you agree that you should tell a friend to tell another friend about the Mississippi On The Move podcast. Oh, there they go. They're coming in. Sister Patsy, she's like one. And you know, Sister Patsy is on deck. Others, my sister already didn't type one. And we got Brother William one, one, one. Come on, man. And we also, Brother William, one and two and three times. So brothers and sisters, thank you all. Thank you all for tuning in. And we are at 829. We probably got about 30 seconds left. We're going to make these public announcements. And when we return, we will be getting out of here. Mississippi on the Worldwide, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Download the Final Call radio app and take us everywhere. On your phone, on your computer, on your tablet, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also log on to FinalCall.com and click the Listen Live button. Or FinalCallRadio.com. Final Call, Final Call Radio. The official voice of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam. What's your source for truth in news reports? No 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 Where do you turn for non-corporate driven news that's fair and balanced? Subscribe to the Final Call News. 
your number one free and independent news source that delivers hard-hitting national and international news coverage of today's political, economic, and social issues. To subscribe to Local Home Delivery, call us at area code 662-252-8999. That's 662-252-8999. Visit our website at www.finalcall.com. And that's going to do it for this night's uh, edition of the Mississippi on the Move podcast. Once again, thank everyone for tuning in and for our callers that called in. Once again, I'm your brother, Abdul Shaheed Muhammad. And I'm your brother, Kenneth Muhammad. And we leave you as we came before you with the greeting words of peace of As-Salamu Alaikum. Mississippi on the is back on the rise. Soldiers in the Delta kept it alive. Time to stand up, take our place in the sun. Understand the time and what must be done. Mississippi, I'm on the move. Mississippi, 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 on the Gotta make a move and take control. Have something we can call our own. So shine your light, help the people see that now is the time for us to be free. And if you're waiting on the pine of sky, you better wake up fast. They told you a lie, cause big fields are waiting wide awake, man. Elijah's got the master. Mississippi, Mississippi. Sister Ida B and Fannie Lou, check them out and you'll know what to do. But if you really want your enemy to be alarmed, read the final call. Follow Farrakhan. Mississippi, Mississippi. <laughs>
Mississippi on the 